This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, this morning I want to talk about something. Um, it's, we're going to have some fun. Are you guys okay to have some fun? We're going to have some fun in church. I want to talk about one of the greatest victories that we could have as a Christian in this life. Okay? Now, it's, let me preface that by saying it's not necessarily something that we look forward to. It's not a, not a glamorous victory. It's not really an exciting victory. But it is one of the greatest victories nonetheless. Are you ready to hear it? Are you guys excited? Edge of your seat. Excitement? He's ready. He came packing. It's called the wilderness. Y'all are running for the exits. I feel it. Why am I so excited about the wilderness? Because on the other side of every wilderness, there's a promised land. On the other side of every test, come on, there's a testimony on the other side. In order to, for us to get to the promised land, we have to wander through the wilderness. And that's why I choose to celebrate the wilderness. You know, in this Christian life, we'll go through lots of testing, lots of trials, lots of refining. You know, there'll be some strengthening and some, some stretching in our lives. And this is what's often referred to as the wilderness. Now, before I get too far, I want to I really describe what the wilderness is. Because it's a very Christianese term, right? You really only hear it in church, okay? So, in some of the research I've done, let me, let me give you this definition of what the wilderness means. It's defined as this. It's a period of time where there is a decline of our enthusiasm and passion for our calling. Or even our relationship towards God. It can be a tough time in which the believer faces many trials, difficulties. There may be increased temptation or spiritual attack. And it often involves spiritual, financial, or emotional drought. How many people want some of that? Amen. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Uh, A couple months ago, Carly and I were so blessed to have the opportunity. We got to go to Israel for for 10 days, and and we were so excited, and we felt like there was going to be such a a spiritual presence of God. You know, we really felt we were going to, as soon as we stepped foot, we'd we'd walk on the footsteps of Jesus, and we were going to, you know, be anointed in some amazing way. And lo and behold, for me personally, as soon as the plane hit the ground, that started a wilderness period for me. And and I, I felt this. I felt that lack of desire, if I'm being totally honest. I felt that lack of calling. I felt that emptiness within me. And in the promised land of all places, go figure. Now, it's weird to me because as soon as the calendar flipped January of this year, man, I've been feeling the presence of God like never before. This year has been like I've been so on fire for God and I've heard his voice and felt his presence like never before. But all of a sudden, just my prayers felt empty. And, and, and it's like God's presence, it was, just, it was just void. It was just non-existent in my life. And it didn't matter how, how long I prayed, how hard I worshipped, or, or how long I fasted, I still felt this emptiness. You know, I, had, I, I have the head knowledge to know, hey, God's with me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. But still inside of me, I felt this void. I felt this emptiness. Now, it sounds like punishment, right? That sounds like something, hey, man, is God punishing you for something? No. That's not what the wilderness is all about. See, the wilderness is not designed as a place to suffer, but rather for us as a place for us to grow, for us to flourish. Now, sadly, many people in the church will actually misinterpret a wilderness season for God abandoning them. And they'll turn their back on God. 
And many times in this, um, this wilderness period, we'll feel, we'll feel alone. And we'll feel, you know, we may even have the thoughts of, man, I must be backsliding or something, like I'm, I'm going in the opposite direction that God wants me to go. And, and maybe we feel like we've failed God. Or maybe we feel like God's failed us. And our, our quiet time is empty and lonely and we just don't have that desire. Now, these are, all, these are all normal thoughts that we can have when we're in the wilderness period. But I want to spend this morning, I want to share and encourage you this morning. I want to share some personal encounters that I've had. I want to share some stories from the Bible. Um, and really what I want to do is I want to actually encourage you this morning from the wilderness into the promised land this morning. Okay? Now, now, how many know that when I'm talking about the promised land, I'm not talking about heaven, okay? I'm talking about heaven on earth, okay? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the promised land that is, like, here for you today because, you know, we, we live as heaven inside of us. We are walking heaven encounters in this daily life, okay? I'm talking about the promised land that is here for you today, okay? Now, every believer will walk through the wilderness at some point in their journey. Now, it's not, it's not meant to pull you away from God. It's not meant for you to drift further away from God. But it's actually meant for you to draw closer to God and actually to come into alignment further with his promises over your life. Now, the wilderness is a preparation phase. God wants to prepare you in this wilderness season. It, now, it's so important to know that, that first and foremost, God is, is not mad at you. Okay? God's never mad at you. God's not hiding from you. God's not withholding himself from you. Okay? He is preparing you in a wilderness. That's what he's doing. He prepares you, and he also protects you in the wilderness period. Okay? Now, it may feel like a painful season. It may feel like a painful moment, but it is a divine setup. God is divinely setting you up for the next phase of your life. And, and sometimes, sometimes that, that stretching, it, it, it can be painful sometimes. Okay? Now, I went through some, some growth pains myself. When we had Avery, oh my goodness. No, I'm kidding. Um, no. But so in between grades, grades 7, 8, and 9, for, for three straight years, my feet grew at a rate of two to three sizes per year. And I was stepping into high school at size 13 feet. I'm five foot eight. Somebody needs to tell the rest of my body I'm actually supposed to be six foot four. Somebody forgot the memo on that. Okay. You try and push me over, I ain't going nowhere. I'm grounded, okay? Grounded, okay? You know, everybody, it's funny up here. Everybody's looking at my feet as if, like, it's like a weird, these are legit, you guys. Look at this. This, this is a real deal right here. This, this, was actually, um, this is actually Avery's first bassinet. We'd actually put her in there, and we'd rock her back and forth. I'm kidding. I got big feet. I'm a hobbit. Relax. It's good. Okay. So, what, what was happening in this period is, is, is this was my natural body preparing for adulthood, right? It, like, it was painful. I'm, I'm not kidding you guys. There were some nights I was li- literally in tears. Like, there was such stretching and growing. Like, my feet were hurting. But this was my natural body preparing itself for adulthood. Just like spiritually... We go through some growth pains and some, some stretching that's some kind, sometimes a little bit painful so that we can become the man or woman of God that he's destined us to be. Okay? 
Now, you may may be here this morning and you feel like you're in a wilderness. And you feel like you've been in a wilderness for your whole life. Or you feel like you've been in the wilderness so long, you don't remember what it's like to not be in the wilderness. And you feel like you've been in it so long that that's all you know and you don't know how to get out of it. And that your past is somehow connected to your future. But let me tell you, your future is not connected to your past. That there is something new that is happening. Okay, Isaiah 43, 18-19 says, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See that I have created, God says. You have such a purpose and such a destiny and such a calling because you are a child of God. You may feel insignificant, you may feel alone, but God never leaves your side. God never leaves you alone. You know, many of the great uh, characters in the Bible, they went through a wilderness. Many of them right after receiving a prophecy about how great they'd be. Go figure. Look at Joseph. Look at uh, David. Look at Moses. Spent 40 years in the wilderness. John the Baptist spent 40 years in the wilderness. And that led up to a six-month ministry. And then he got his head chopped off. Don't lose your head. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. How about that? We'll talk about that a little bit later. But know this, that God's preparation in and through you, it has a purpose. And he's not forgotten about you in the wilderness. And I still feel this morning to release like, like an Isaiah 60 blessing over you guys this morning. That, that it is time to arise and shine for your light has come. And that God's glory is upon you this morning. That there is a newness that is coming. There is a freshness that is coming to your life this morning. That there is a renewing of the mind that is happening this morning, because God's light is upon you. Now, when you're in the desert, an actual desert, there's no escaping the light. You cannot escape the light. And I believe that God is calling forth his children this morning and saying that your time is here and that he is calling you into your divine purpose. Now, one of the purposes of, of a desert, or sorry, of a wilderness, is actually to prepare you for expansion. Okay? Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 2 says this. It says, Sing, O barren one, who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. This is key. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. See, this passage, it's specifically speaking to those, I believe, who are in the wilderness. It starts by addressing those who are barren and in a a dry, desolate place. He's referring to those who are in a wilderness. And he wants to revive those people that are in the wilderness. And uh, what's happening in the wilderness is this. He's preparing you, actually, for the more of God. That's really what's happening in the wilderness. He's, it's a preparation phase. You know, in some ways, this message is actually like a, a prequel to, to, well, partially to Carling's message last week. And, and, and more so, I gave this message about hungering after the more of God a couple months ago. This is like a prequel to that. You know, he says uh, in this verse, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains be stretched out. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. What does that mean? It means God's about to fill you. Okay? But, but we're, in, we're not at a place where we can be filled with enough. You know what I mean? So if, if you have this much as your capacity, okay, God wants to stretch that and lengthen your stakes so that he can fill you this much. Do you guys see that? 
God wants to fill you with more. He wants to increase your capacity so that he can put more upon you. He wants to put a greater weight that is upon you. But if we're not ready yet, we're in that dry, desolate place, we need to stretch. Okay? God wants to stretch you in this season. Are you with me? Good. Prepare for expansion. Prepare for growth. Because God's going to grow you. God's going to increase your capacity. I believe also that in every wilderness season, there's a testing that comes. There's a significant testing that we have to go through in the wilderness. And it is a crossroads in which there's a decision that has to be made. Okay? See, at the start of the wilderness with the Israelites, okay, and, and, and here's another point. I think it's, it's fairly early on. If you know that you're in a wilderness season, I would, I would venture to say it's probably fairly early on in your wilderness walk that, that you'll receive this crossroads or, or, or this, this off-ramp potential. We'll say that. So look at the Israelites. They were led into the wilderness, and they were only a couple weeks into the wilderness. On their journey, they come across the Red Sea. Most of us are familiar with that story, right? They come across the Red Sea. There's nowhere for them to go, right? The Lord had led them, cloud by day and pillar of fire at night, right? The Lord led them directly to the Red Sea. There was nowhere for them to go. They were at a crossroads. There was a decision that had to be made. Now, they would have looked back after they had left their old life of bondage and slavery, and they would have seen it barreling down upon them in the form of chariots and armed soldiers. You see, when we enter the wilderness, don't be surprised if the enemy starts pointing out things from your past to try and keep you in bondage and slavery to prevent you from reaching the promised land on the other side. See, the Lord led the Israelites into the wilderness. And it says as they were standing there in Exodus 14, 19, it says this, it says, the angel of God who had been traveling in front of the angel's army, in front of Israel's army, he withdrew and went behind them. But also look at this, the pillar of cloud, God's presence, also moved from in front and stood behind them. We may be on a journey where we feel like we are walking exactly where God wants us to go. You are following in the footsteps. You are hearing his voice so clearly. And you, you are going uh, towards your destiny, towards your purpose. You feel his presence, and then all of a sudden, nothing. Wilderness. All of a sudden, nothing. I want to propose to you that just like the Lord went from in front of them to behind them, so too is the Lord in your life in the wilderness season going from a place of leading you and speaking to you to standing between you and the enemy that is behind you and actually protecting you behind you. He is standing in the gap. Does that sound familiar? He is standing between the enemy that is hurling insults at you, that is hurling attacks at you, that is saying, I'm going to throw a spirit of fear on you. I'm going to throw a spirit of, of anxiety, of whatever, depression upon you. But the Lord stands in the gap and he says, no, not my child. When, when you don't necessarily feel God, when you don't necessarily feel his presence, know that he may actually be behind you preventing an attack from the enemy. Let's carry on with the story. So there's a miracle that happens, right? The seas, they split. There's a massive wall of water on either side. And dry ground in front of them. What do you think they thought? I'd need a diaper change. (laughs) 
Do you think they had some, some questions? Do you think that wall meets code? I don't know if that's strong enough. I don't know. Somebody asked Devin, he'd know. They were faced with a decision. Am I going to turn back and go back to my life of bondage and slavery where I've made a home where I felt comfortable? Or am I going to walk into the unknown where I know that God has called me? Huh. When God opens the waters, we either walk through or we return to bondage. And if I can be honest, I think sometimes we can be a slave and we don't even know it until we reach the promised land. But God is gracious. If we don't step forward, God provides another way. It may be months down the road, but God is good. Don't, don't, don't fear if you've missed your, your, your Red Sea moment, if I can say that. Because God will often provide another way. We may circle the wilderness a few times, but he, he, he will eventually provide another off-ramp. Because okay? he doesn't want us to stay in the wilderness forever. Okay? But he will provide another way. But we will stay in bondage until we step through to the other side. Now, I want to encourage you this morning that there's a parting of the seas in your life. And I want to encourage you to step forward. Step through onto the dry ground. Step through to the other side. It'll be terrifying to do as the walls of water are beside you. But look, when, when you look back on the other side, how great will it be? See, God doesn't leave us in the wilderness to punish us. But the wilderness is about tough decisions. And stepping forward, even though we don't see the answer but stepping forward when we know that God is leading us in that direction. Forget your past and step into your future. How will you respond to your Red Sea moment? I also believe that the way in which we respond to our wilderness will determine our length of stay. Again, look no further than the Israelites. It took them 40 years to travel what geographically should have only taken 11 days. Okay, you think there are a couple wrong turns there? <laughs> How we wander through the wilderness will determine our length of stay there. When we press into God, when we pursue him and pursue his, his vision for our life, and through the tough times, then there's something that happens within us that sometimes we're unaware of until we actually reach the other side. Now, see, the worldly response in the wilderness can sometimes be, um, you know what, God's not pursuing me, so I'm not going to pursue him. And there's almost like a withdrawing sometimes. I can say that. And, and sometimes um, there can even be unwise um, choices out of rebellion, right? Sometimes, you know, there may be a, career, a major career change or, or a relationship change or, or changing churches or something. But that'll just leave us in the wilderness longer if we're not listening to what it is that God's actually uh, designing for us in this wilderness period. But there's a decision to make in the wilderness. Will we press into God or will we turn away? But when we press into God, great things happen. When we press into God, he actually reveals things into our hearts. He reveals things, actually, that, that can't come with us into the next season. He may be asking you to give up something in order to go to the next level with him. He may be asking you to say no to something so that you can then hear the yes of God. What are you willing to surrender to see the more of God? I bet you... There are a couple Israelites that as they saw those waters part, they ripped their bags off and they beelined it for the other side. Said, see ya. That's what God's after. That's the heart that God's after. When the seas part, go for it. Head down and just run. 
What are you willing to give up for the one who gave up everything for you? Uh, Carly and I had a, a, an interesting experience in Israel. Um, it's a fun word. Uh, so we, we had spent a couple days in Jordan, and we were crossing on land to get uh, back into Israel. And uh, how many know that like security is a real thing over there? <laughs> uh, it's um, anyways. So we, uh, unbeknownst to us, we, we were carrying something. Well, it was known to us, but uh, we were carrying something that that. We weren't supposed to be caring. Um, it wasn't anything illegal, okay? Don't get your minds over there. Like, we weren't doing anything bad. But it, we were carrying something that we weren't supposed to be carrying. And so that raised a few red flags. And uh, they actually, they separated, Carly and I, for about an hour. And uh, they interrogated us in, in three different levels of security. Um, I found it kind of entertaining. Carling certainly did not. Um, <laughs> but... Um, as I, was, as I was going through this message, oh, like obviously we made it through, it was fine, um, there were no issues, whatever, we're fine, we're here today. Um, but <laughs> I was, while I was working on this message, um, I asked God, I said, God, what, like, what was that all about? Why, why did we go through that? And, and God said this to me, he said, Scott, in order for you to enter into the promised land, in order for you to enter the next season, there's a few things that can't come with you to the other side. Yeah. You know, they may be physical things. They could be spiritual things. They could even be certain relationships that God's asking us to give up. For me personally, there was a couple of attitudes in my heart that God really wanted to filter out of me. Sweet. <laughs> now, if at the border crossing, if my attitude was, hey, go kick dirt, like to the security guy, and just stood there like, I ain't answering your questions. How do you think that would have gone over? <laughs> this is the IDF. This is like real security. <laughs> like, I would have found myself in a quiet, dark room for a really long time. <laughs> our attitude will also determine our length of stay in the wilderness. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years? humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. See, the wilderness, it forms character, and that character is what takes us into God's promises. Um, as I was writing this, um, something came on me that I've never felt before. And, and this is going to sound weird. Um, I felt this burden um, for the Church of Canada. Um, this is a bit of a side story, I guess. Um, you know, I, I look around the world. Anybody follow Gary on social media? Gary Hayes? Man, he's, there's some crazy stuff happening in the Church of Asia, right? There, there, there's an exploding church in Asia. It's, it's amazing, okay? You look at, you look at the church of, in South America. It's bananas. You can't, you can't stop it. You look at the Middle East. You look at Africa. Amazing things are happening. Amazing things are happening. Why? Why is all that stuff happening around the world that we don't see here? Because there is an open, uh, openness to the spirit realm. They are open to the miraculous. They are open to seeing great things happen. And, and there is a move of the Holy Spirit that is happening. And it's spreading like wildfire. 
I may get into a bit of trouble for this, but I believe that the Church of Canada is in the wilderness and at a Red Sea moment right now. See, the relevancy of the church in Canada is almost non-existent. And it's become nothing more than legalism and religion. You see, on Sundays, uh, when I work, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a paramedic by trade. And it goes without fail that whenever I work a Sunday day shift, we enter into a church for you know, an elderly person that's fallen ill. And I can't help but think that as we enter into these, these large halls, these cathedrals, these churches, I can't help but notice that they're three-quarters empty and lifeless. And they're filled with people that are closer to the end of their life than they are the beginning. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But the thought keeps crossing my mind. I can't help but think, where are all the young people? Where's the next generation? Where's the relevancy of the church in Canada in 2019? You see, I believe that the church will remain in the wilderness until it transitions. I'm talking, now I'm, when I say church, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about impact church. I'm talking about the church as a whole in Canada nationwide. And I believe that we'll stay in the wilderness until we transition from this place of legalism and religion and openness to the spirit realm. As Jesus said that he would do what? He would pour out his spirit on all flesh and his sons and daughters would prophesy. And I believe that, I believe that as, just as the Israelites did, the church will remain in the wilderness until someone rises up and says, enough is enough, church of Christ. It's time to rise up and become the body, the bride that Jesus said that he would come back for. There's a, there's a powerful shift happening in our church. I felt it for the last six to eight months. We were on the verge of something spectacular. The, 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 the water is hot. The, the, we're, we're at a boiling point, okay? Let me just say that. Um, <laughs> there is such a hunger and such a buy-in in this church to see the more of God. And I, can't, I for one, cannot wait to see the roof flow off of this place because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, let me get back to some notes here. You guys doing okay? In, in 21st century North America, we love to rush things, right? Anybody feel that? We love to rush stuff. Getting fast everywhere. The wilderness is not something that's meant to be rushed. The wilderness is something that's meant to be embraced, okay? When uh, we had the opportunity to, to build our first home, and it was so cool, you know, you get to pick every little detail, you know, down to the, like the doorknob on the, the drawer handle and stuff. Like, it's really cool. And so we would go by on a regular basis, and we would check to see what, what progress had been made and, and, you know, how much work had been done that day. And, and we, we, you know, we were dreaming about our life in that house. And mentally, we had really basically already moved into that house. But physically, it just wasn't ready yet. But, you know, we were ready to move into that house, even though it just had, you know, plywood and a few walls. But we were ready, you know. But there was, an, there was a waiting period that, has, that had to happen. You know, I, I'm thankful for it now, but certainly then I wasn't. But there, there's a waiting period. You know, it sounds silly for us to want to move into that at that time, but, um, you know, sometimes in our lives spiritually, we get impatient and we try to take things into our own hands and, and we try to enter into the next phase of our life when it's just not ready yet. Okay? You know, similarly, God has something great planned for you. God has something great planned for you. He's preparing something great. And if, if it is not finished and we try to step in before it's done, then we actually are void of the, there's no covering. 
there's no protection. And we're susceptible to the storms of life. That was a better point than you guys (laughs) responded, but okay. Um, There's a necessary wilderness period, okay? Because it is a waiting and it is a preparation phase. Because God God wants to take you into the next level. God God has a great stage, next stage for you. But sometimes it it goes through a preparation in order for it to happen, okay? But we have to wait for God's timing in it. Okay? We, don't, we don't need to rush this wilderness thing. Okay? Now, when we try and find our own escape routes out of the wilderness, only bad things happen. We'll just say that. Okay? Look at Abraham. Okay? He was, he was uh, the f- promised to be the father of many nations. They, he would have many, many descendants. Okay? Years had gone by where they didn't see an answer to the promise. Surely he must have felt like he was in the wilderness. Right? I haven't seen the answer to my prayers, and to this promise. And so impatiently, he takes matters into his own hands. And his wife Sarah says, hey, why don't you take my servant Hagar? And why don't you conceive a child through her? Because that surely must be the promise of God. And Abraham says, okay. And so they conceived a child. Not the promise of God. And interestingly enough, an angel comes by and says to Hagar, I want you to name this child Ishmael. And Ishmael, I found this kind of entertaining. It means God hears, he understands, and will respond in time of need. I took that to be a little little nudge at Abraham and said, hey bud, I still got this. <laughs> like, I'm going to do it in my timing, not yours. Right? Like, I just kind of took it to that. So, 14 years later, okay, so this is a long time, they finally received their promised child through Sarah and named the child Isaac. Now, Ishmael, he ended up moving to and settling a region called Arabia. And it is known by most biblical scholars that he's actually the the father, basically, of of the Islamic faith. Okay? Islam, Muslim, was raised up from Ishmael. Okay? Because of Abraham's impatience... Islam is, is probably the, the, and Islam and Christianity, they butt heads, right? It's probably the longest waging conflict in all of human history, right? So because of Abraham's impatience in the wilderness, because he's not waiting for God's timing, it births something so large that we're still dealing with the consequences of it today. Okay. What else I got for you here? Um, you, want, you want a magic trick? You're like, you blow some puppets up or something? Okay. Oftentimes we look at, at hardships and struggles as slowdowns towards our destiny. But in reality, that's where our foundation is actually built. See, in John, James 1 verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity. Huh. Any trials, God will allow for a purpose. It is the purpose to create within you a greater capacity for later on, for the future. Okay? He will allow, he will permit, you know, I'm not talking about permitting hardships, but he will allow these hardships to happen so that you are prepared later on when it really hits. You know, look at uh, pilots going through flight simulators, right? They, they go through trials so that when the real thing happens, they're prepared and they're ready. So too is God doing that with your life in the wilderness. When Jesus, when he entered into the wilderness... 
he went filled with the Holy Spirit. And he spent 40 days in the wilderness. And he was tried and he was tested. And um, he came out on the other side knowing his calling, knowing his destiny, and he left in the power of the Holy Spirit after 40 days, right? He came in filled, but he left under the power, okay? But he was being prepared for his calling and his destiny within that wilderness period, okay? It's important to remember that the wilderness is not a place of failure, but it's actually a place of great success, if I get the worship team to come on, we're going to close in a couple minutes here. Now, as I was preparing for this message, you know, God has a way of really, you know, I'm a planner. I like having stuff done. God likes to do a little tweak. I don't like it. <laughs> it messes with my message. But it's good. I'd rather hear God's voice than my voice. Um, so as I was preparing for this message, God, God brought up um, a specific wilderness um, that I hadn't talked about. A specific wilderness that he actually wants to raise people out of this morning. And it's, it's a wilderness of insignificance. When you feel like you are not known, when you're not seen, and you're not heard, God wants to raise those people out of the wilderness this morning. This may be for 20 people, it may be for five, it may be for just one, I don't care. God left, Jesus left the 99 to chase out for the one. God wants to raise you out of a place of insignificance. In 1 Samuel 16, uh, Samuel is charged with, tasked with um, going to get the next king of Israel because um, Saul had been a bit of a disaster. And so he's, God sent Samuel to a man named Jesse. And he said, one of Jesse's sons will be the next king of Israel. I want you to anoint him. All right, so Samuel goes and he, Jesse's there and Jesse lines up seven sons. And how many know that Samuel is a prophet of God? Samuel speaks the word of God, right? He's speaking the voice of God for God, okay? Uh, Samuel goes through each one and he says, uh, no, you're not the one. No, it's not you. You're tall and handsome, but it's not you. It's not you. And he gets to the end. He gets to the last one. He says, there's got to be somebody else. There must be somebody else. And so Jesse says, yes, yes, there's my son David. He's out in the wilderness working. He's out in the field working. Let me go get him. And so they send for David, and David comes up. And Now, many people think that David wasn't lined up with the other sons because he was the youngest. Well, David sheds a bit of light on this in Psalm 52 or 53. He says that David says that he was conceived by his mother in sin. So that would actually make David uh, Jesse's illegitimate child. He was the illegitimate son of Jesse. And so I believe that Jesse was actually hiding David in a sense. But how many know you can't hide anything from a prophet of God, especially in the Old Testament? And so God points out David. He points to the one that's insignificant, to the one that's illegitimate. And he puts a crown on him, basically. And I so believe that God wants to do that for you here this morning. That God sees you. And God calls you, even though you're broken. He wants you 
imperfect. He says, come to me, insignificant, illegitimate, broken, imperfect. I'm calling you. I've been waiting for this moment to call you forth out of the wilderness of insignificance. And not only that, but I'm going to place a crown upon you that is called the crown of righteousness. God, you're not, you're not meant for the back row. You're meant to be in the front seat. And, and God wants to raise up your voice. I don't know who this is for, but, but we have too many echoes in the world. Yes? God needs a voice. God wants to raise up your voice. I don't know who you are, but come on. God wants to call you forth here this morning. Isaiah 43, verse 16 to 19 says, This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew the chariots and horses, the army of reinforcements, they lay there never to rise again. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See that I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Perceive the presence of God here this morning that is calling you forth out of the wilderness. He says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God will provide a way. God will intervene when you feel like it the least. Okay, When you're walking in the wilderness and it seems like there is no way, when it seems like there is no hope, where there is no purpose and there is no destination, God creates a way. Okay, God split the sea. You are not placed in the wilderness to be hurt or to harm, but God put you there so that you could be refined, you could be strengthened, and that he could call you forth. You may feel like this is your lowest moment. You may feel like this is your Joseph in the pit moment. But his eyes are fixed on you like never before. He has had his eye on you and he's been waiting for this very moment. You think you've been waiting a long time to see your breakthrough? He's been waiting an eternity to see your breakthrough. He alone brings water in the desert and he brings the necessities of life in the most unlikely of times at the most unlikely of places. Trust in him, trust in his process, and trust in his timing. Your greatness will spring forth from the wilderness. If you would embrace the wilderness and and respond in obedience, respond in God's timing, you will spring forth greatness from that place. And if you would press in, I promise you that your promised land is just around the corner. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.